number seven baby we made it um this is episode seven of the future is out um i'm jonah mac how's it going dude it's good man how you doing what's up i'm doing well we got the dog with us we got ray he's 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 pestering me right now he doesn't know how to act maybe you'll see him jump on stream at some point but uh (laughs) yeah for all you uh audio listeners we're uh trying something new today so apologies if it's Weird or cumbersome, but we're uh, live on Instagram in Clubhouse, so uh, you know we might take some questions from some fellows later. And uh, if you uh, next time, if you want to come join us, you just can't get enough features out, and you want that owl right away. Come, uh, yeah, come on Tuesday kit. nights and come say hi. Come chill with us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, wow, we're doing it live. Feels, doing it live feels good. Feels special. Um, I guess in, 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 in keeping with our general format, I mean, I want to see, I want to say, say, uh, what's up and see how's it going with you recently, Mac, what you've been up to? Not anything special. Yeah. What's been going on? Um, just working, I I took like the first, um, like tonight, today I went out into the, the park and, uh, took my laptop and just like did, um, work sitting in Fort Greene near, um, Fort Greene. And, yeah, and and uh, man, it just rocked. It was, it Dude, was today was beautiful. I spent all day in my base in my basement apartment, um, but I did go stand and just like face the sun for several minutes in the in the morning Hell yeah. um, before retreating to my dungeon. Um, that's cool. Wow, that, I feel uh, something nice knowing that we were we were probably like less than five hundred yards away from each other. Hell yeah! Today. Hell yeah, dude! I thought I felt a positive energy. Yeah, I went uh, <laughs> went over and grabbed a beer at some some place, and uh, it was cool. Was it uh, Cafe Paulette? No, but um, I've always wanted to go there. I know, right? Yeah, let's go there sometime. Let's get a French onion soup. French onion and soup. Expel, expl- well, expel expletives? You don't expel expletives. You spew expletives. Yeah, let's, we'll spew, we'll spew them. We'll spew expletives. We'll wear berets. It'll be <laughs> sick. Um, groovy. Well, all right, guys. Let's should we let's get into our show for today. Yep. Um. I mean, we got a few as we as as has been our way. Got a few quick hits um, about you know the sort of um, uh, ever changing landscape of you know uh, technology, the circuits, you know the short circuits, long ones too. Hey, I don't I don't really you know I don't discriminate. But there's a lot of stuff happening. A lot of it you know is pretty funny and pretty stupid. Some of it quite evil. But um. You know, there's plenty to just dip into. So, what was the first thing we wanted to talk about? Uh, I guess I, I don't really know too much about this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read just like what I have, and I'll let you explain it to me. Cool. Because you said so. <laughs> what I'm looking at in our notes is um, robot pedestrians, um, which you know, for me, a robot pedestrian is when someone won't speed up in front of me. Hey, hey, hey I'm walking. Come on, no, but what the hell? What's going on with this situation, man? Yeah, well, this is. I thought you'd find this interesting because it's affecting your Wait, uh, your hometown in right. uh, Pittsburgh, in Pennsylvania. And um, hey, look, we had Ray join us in the 
in yeah. the in the Ray's chat. Third mic. Um, but yeah, this is so. This is an Axios article talking about this, but essentially, um, in several states around the country, they've enacted laws where robo delivery, like delivery robots for short-term deliveries, are being classified as pedestrians. Um, and there's like a couple details of it where it's like you, I guess the qualifiers are that like it can be up to 250 pounds and go 12 miles an hour, which is pretty fucking fast for That's like very a, fast. for a giant robot. Dude, I think like the last like several, um, the last several like bike rides I took where I'm like sort of zipping around town, you know, in my inimitable way, I think my average speed on, on, on Strava uh-huh. Which I use because everything has to be a game now. Um, is Strava like the fitness tracking app or something? Or? Yeah, it's like the one where they like record your, where you're going and they'll tell you your speed and so forth. Um, and it's been very helpful for me. For a while, I was doing runs. Um, right. And then my knee, you know, uh, protested, so that's, that's no more. But um, they sort of tell you, they give you all your stats, you know, right. and it really appeals to like that little part of my brain. You know that wants nice. to have a uh, yeah everything be like an online like a like a like a flash game or something right <laughs> um, but uh, yeah I don't think I think rarely exceed like twelve or thirteen miles an hour yeah so that's like that's, that's insane. Usain Bolt level but like fucking you know like who was that giant linebacker for fucking the Patriots like it's just like it's it's Teddy it's Brewster ridiculous. that's a <laughs> yeah it's like the fridge. But, so okay, that's that's strange. So basically, but to go on it a little bit more is like the reason why, like why why are you making robots pedestrians, right? It's like essentially the biggest names are Amazon and like DoorDash and stuff because like for them, um, unless they're these robots are classified as pedestrians, they can't operate on sidewalks legally because they're so is pedestrian cars. like a legal designation? I suppose apparently it is, yes, yeah. which I didn't know wow. before this, but like because they have these designations, you can have. Um, like Amazon is making a lot of moves to do like fast, quick and fast, uh, same day deliveries with like short term deliveries. And yeah, this we were is, talking like, about this last time it. with the post-it notes. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know how I'd feel about my post-it notes if like some type of, um, yeah, some type of like, you know, uh, I am robot post-it note drone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I don't like the notion of them plowing down the highways. I mean, I've been shouted at myself for, for merely politely cycling on the sidewalk just to, just to lock my stuff up you know yeah new york's gonna be a hard sell I, I feel like i can see this in like austin or san francisco of like your doordash robo like coming and give you a shit but like yeah. in new york i feel like it would just get pissed on or or just like knocked over well let me quickly. let me read a quick hit from this actius article mm-hmm. um to just sort of demonstrate what you're talking about it says, um, states like Pennsylvania, Virginia, Idaho, Florida, and Wisconsin have passed what are considered to be liberal rules permitting robots to operate on sidewalks, prompting pushback from cities like Pittsburgh that fear mishaps. And then the first bullet point is that in Pennsylvania, robot pedestrians can weigh up to 550 pounds and drive 12 miles per hour, like you were saying. Um... And then I guess there's been opposition, you know, from Mm -hmm. Teamsters and other such... Uh, organizations uh, like that I guess are just trying to like keep robots out of like what are traditionally like jobs that people can have that like used to pay fair wage you know to just like cart stuff hither and fro like reliably and professionally Um, but I guess yeah if you just have like um, like a 
I don't know, like a Tonka truck, <laughs> like uh, uh, of of like ten times your 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 typical size. That's just like hauling ass down the sidewalk. Although, granted, I have to say in Pittsburgh, very steep hills, pretty shitty sidewalks. I honestly don't think that like anything. I don't think the cutting edge of robotics could really handle. Yeah. Um, much of what we have to to um offer, so we may be safe. We were like the Minas Tirith. <laughs> of, uh, to keep the to keep the Lord of the Rings yeah. references going, you know, I think they'll break on our our cracked ass pavement. Not that this isn't like something to keep an eye on, but I think it is a bit of like we'll see how important it is because at least for Amazon, obviously they are really interested in same day delivery stuff. But from what I've read and understood, it's like their move is much more like their investments much more for aerial drones for this. And like it just makes more sense. Like that just seems like something that will never happen to me. I don't know. Like they just passed like really important FAA regulation changes this year that actually make it possible. So like we're uh, might yeah be seeing yeah yeah it. I know I know. But it's like I'm not saying it couldn't. But it just seems like something that like yeah like aerial. I don't know. That just seems like one of those naive predictions that like everyone thinks is going to be the the thing, and then it isn't. Like aerial. I don't know. They've put a bunch of money into it. I mean, they think uh, it, they certainly think it's going to work. Yeah, but. that's true. I mean, well, okay. I, I was just browsing this while you're talking, and let me give you another quick hit from this Axios article that very conveniently has just several quotes uh, bulleted out. But um, <laughs> junking, is, as they as they call is that it. what it's called? <laughs> so this is from Wired via Axios. Quote, backers say the laws will usher in a future where household items show up in a matter of hours with fewer idling delivery vans blocking traffic and spewing emissions mm. for Wired. I mean, you know, it, it occurs to me, like, is it, is like a van that runs the route, like, less, I don't, I don't, I, that seems somehow, like, it's sort of in the same way that, like, driving a car everywhere you need to go is much less efficient than like taking a bus that just like travels a fixed route. Mm -hmm. I don't see how like a thousand different, like yeah, 700 pound robots that are like fucking sprinting down, (laughs) sprinting down the sidewalk and like bowling children over into like the street (laughs) and like stiff arming, like stiff arming, uh, random people in order to like drop you off. Like you're, yeah. Like, your most recent shipment of uh, your last like uh, gaming headset or whatever <laughs> that doesn't strike me as like more uh environmentally efficient where you just have like uh, like like r- like racehorses waiting at the gate to just like dart out with like your given <laughs> your given amazon purchase but um i don't know well, fine why not why not why not um we'll see what happens so on a less kind of fun note i guess there's another piece of news that happened the other day that i thought maybe we'd talk about um if you're ready to move on i wrote about this for my day job but a couple days ago um dubai specifically united arab emirates the country they just implemented uh, iris scan identification technology in their international airport which essentially means that when you go and like check in for an emirates flight or try to get a boarding pass or even like go through customs you first put in your eyeball to get scanned and then the scan of that is linked to all your personal information so that you can walk through all the lines without having anything in your hand like you wouldn't even need a phone or anything it's just everything's tied to your to your eyeball and um 
the bigger context here, and I'd love to hear what you think about all this, but it's people probably don't necessarily know this, or maybe you just become used to it, but like facial recognition, which is a bit of a step lower than iris scans, is really common in airports now. Like you were mentioning that like for pre-check and stuff, you have to get facial, like a, an iris scan at least. And um, yeah, like a lot like Delta, American Airlines, a bunch of places are using um, facial recognition to to get rid of your boarding pass essentially, but it brings upon a whole bunch of privacy concerns. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like, I don't know. I'm certainly of the, of the, of the school of thought perhaps of like all of this, like individual changes. And I don't know. For me, it just seems like the ship has sailed on this stuff like a long time ago. I mean, on what you mean? Like, like facial recognition shield? and like, for instance, like I would assume there's like legal precedents that establish, like, you know what can and can't be done vis-a-vis, like your your, you know your privacy in terms of like, it, you know is, <laughs> well, you would be wrong, my friend. <laughs> well, no, but I think like the, the it's like they're very permissive, like the notion that like, you know, okay, you can be fingerprinted, but then like now you know the next frontier is your iris and and, and so on and so forth. Like, I, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm just sort of a defeatist on that on that level. I mean, the iris scan thing is cool, I guess, because it is just, like, straight out of Minority Report. Right. It's, like, something that people have been uh, jazzed up about for a long time. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, what? how is it How is it different, though? Like, what's, what's like, uh, what are you trying to say, like, how does the how is an iris scan like why should I think of that as anything different than like unlocking my phone with my face? Well, okay, yeah. I mean, there's several things, right? I mean, the obvious with like unlocking your phone with your face. I mean, the, the difference is like who is collecting that information, right? With your iPhone. What an airline versus. Well, well, that's the thing though. Is that like yeah? It's a if you're a consumer, we'll just keep it to the U.S. because like that's like what we know. But just take it with a grain of salt that the U.S. example is much different than, like, other countries, especially Dubai or, like, the UAE. But in the U.S., right, like, if the way that, like, they've gotten so much adoption of facial recognition um, in airlines is because it's an opt-out where it's, like, you have to tell them not to use your face face because the, the, the way that it's presented is that, oh, like, Delta or American Airlines is the one that's getting your information and they're using it to help you, like, have a more convenient experience. But that's an illusion. It's a mirage. Because at the same time that these private companies, the airliners are using this information, Customs and Border Patrol are also implementing their own facial recognition systems that are using the data that's gathered by those private airliners to determine whether or not they're going to deport people for you know, visa or other immigration problems I- and also for a bunch of domestic issues as well. So it's it's... And then I don't to, doubt that in the slightest, but has that been like established or like I I mean I imagine it's you like sign away all of your fucking rights, you know, when you agree to do any of this stuff or right. when you agree to get like pre-checked or whatever. But is there like is there like explicit affirmed cooperation between airlines and like yeah like CBP and like so, you know is that is that or is that is that like clandestine so it is it is explicit like in the cbp either in 2018 or 2017 expanded their facial recognition um initiatives under i have it written down somewhere but it's like a it's an acronym thing 
And um, explicitly in there, they say that the information, like the data on faces that they gather are from their partners, and their partners include the airlines. Okay. And so (laughs) really, (laughs) yeah, and essentially the airlines, they're selling this as it's more convenient for you. But what's happening is that they're doing the grunt work of gathering the actual facial recognition data. And then that goes into a database that CBP or any federal agency could use. And, like, that's when you talk about what's the big problem here. The big problem is that, like, this is a situation where once your face is in that database, it's in the database for good, right? Um, And that can be used for any sort of thing, right? Like, it's not – it's unclear whether or not – because there's no laws preventing it – whether or not that can be limited to just – things that happen at the airport, right? If the FBI decides that, like, they want to look into you for, like, a protest that you're involved in, for example, like, it's unclear whether or not they couldn't just tap CBP and look in that database and run your, your face and determine Yeah, I wouldn't even go so far as to say that it's unclear. I feel like it's probably pretty clear that they can do that. Right. And it's not merely a question of uh, if I get into a fist fight at the Auntie Anne's in um, O'Hare <laughs> Airport over, um, you know, the amount of cinnamon dust on my, uh, on my pretzel twisters. This is a true story. I'm just saying I've seen I've seen a lot of shit, man. Um, <laughs> I've had a lot of layovers in my day, although not recently. Um, yeah, that's troubling. I, I I don't know, man. I mean, we've talked about this before a lot, but like, I don't know. What I mean, what do you say to the person that's just jaded about the fact that like all of our information is just like fully out there and like you have very little recourse? I mean, if you like you have to fly. I mean. Right, but Granted, you can opt out to, of all this, though. You can. I mean, that's the question. Yeah, you can. It's true. But in a, a lot of the stuff, you can't. I mean, and a lot of the stuff, it's like it's behavioral in the way that, like, yeah, you can opt out, but they just keep pastoring you into a. Like, you know, I feel like the fingerprint thing was like, oh, that was so, like, sketch right. for a while. And now it's just like, I'm pretty sure. I don't think anyone has any qualms about, like, using. Do you have a fingerprint thing on your phone? No, I have the facial recognition one. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, which, and it's a good point though, because I am like very torn about using it, but it, it is, it completely different. It is different though, because like it is like, at least with Apple, you're, you're the one, they have like, they've gone, they've literally been sued by the government for not handing over like their encrypted facial recognition data. Right. I mean, um, the whole thing. So it's like, that's something where I feel more comfortable with them having that. Um, but it is like every, yeah, with Apple. I mean, look, I, Tim Apple, Tim, yeah, Tim Apple. (laughs) Oh man, I've missed the days. We miss him so much, but you're right. I mean, to, to answer your question about what do you say to the person who's like, this is just like my daily life and like, um, you know, like what can I do? Everything's a compromise, you know, when it comes to this stuff and I don't, you know, you stop begrudging like a person for just wanting to go through the airport and like be quick and like not realizing that they're contributing to like something that's going to be to the death of liberty well it's just that it's one of these like it's it's like this like you know the tragedy of the commons type of situation where it's like you individually it doesn't hurt you that much to like to give away your private data for something like this but what it does hurt is as a society we no longer we're we're knocking down the walls of our civil liberties one little step at a time and you don't feel the effect of that until like you've gone too far and i think yeah i just think it's, it's I more of a question you. for like passing like for example a federal data privacy law which is like something well, that yeah. people have, like are are pushing for um so if you're asking for what's the solution and it's like that that is it like right well that's else. a great point because i think that is it and the question is not like putting the i mean this is true of a lot of stuff but like the solution is not like putting the onus on uh 
individuals to like be like you know more tight-fisted with this stuff because like a no one it's so unclear and like you can't expect people to to like you know you know be have like this a fortress mentality when it's always like slipped in under the you know under the walls anyway i mean the stuff is like cloaked in all of this like consumer uh, protection stuff and the notion that like you're gonna get a bunch of individual people to just agree to like be more you know protective of their data is stupid i mean it has to come top down like it has to you can't just like shame people and be like, you guys I, need to be like thinking way so harder about I, this. I agree. The legislators have I to mean, do it. But the one amendment I'd make to that though, is that there is a personal responsibility in the sense that the only way this is going to be politically expedient for these legislators is like, if their constituents like you and me give a shit about it. Cause otherwise yeah. there's going to be no interest in doing it. So I think it's like, you have to, is it, we, you know, not to go too into it, but just as, as an example, right? Why is antitrust such a big thing now? It's not because all of a sudden these lawmakers change their ideology. It's because the public actually gives a shit about it now, right? And so now it's like front and center of like both Republican and I mean, is antitrust a big thing though? Yeah, dude. This is like I think I. I mean, dude. I just read. I was just reading. It was like one of the biggest mergers ever is happening right now in the UK between like Athene and Apollo. I don't know about the UK, but for the US, this is like this is definitely for tech companies is front and center. Like Biden and his presence, and this is Trump was very big on this too, but Biden is essentially continuing it. Like he just hired, he's essentially gone a big hiring spree of like all the the most prominent antitrust people, like Tim Wu, who literally like wrote the book on like how to reimagine antitrust in like the modern era. He just got appointed to his White House counsel, and they've announced a bunch of other rules that like we've talked about so far. So it's 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 a thing. Like it's totally okay. like a thing that's happening. Um. Should we move on to the yeah, let's next keep, thing? Let's keep it moving. So um, what do we? What's up next? The next one is the oh, the dumb the, AI. Yeah, the dumb AI. <laughs> hey, yeah. So this is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so again, like, I mean, I think it was starting to become a sort of a, a running theme on this show is that like the future is out. I think the future that that can mean two things. Like, what is out? Out is like out. Something bad happened to me. Something painful. But Al for me is also like, ow, I fucking just like stubbed my toe. Stupid. <laughs> or like, ow, I just like, I just like knew that this pan was hot and I touched it anyway. Like, Al is often just being a dumbass um, and not being nearly as smart as you think you are. 
and I think an excellent example of that is like how bad a lot of like machine learning or and AI and all of this stuff actually pans out to be. I mean, right. maybe this is just like me being one of those people saying that like the internet or like one of those like Daily Mail articles, one of which I read recently from like 2000 saying how like the internet is a passing fad. Um, and, and I'll live to regret wow, it. Wow, I wonder what it's, that it's writer funny. thinks. I mean, there's a lot of people in, in such positions, but I mean, so uh, an article that you that you um that you sent to me was that uh, effectively uh, one of those like machine vision um AI softwares was Open it, AI. It's one of the bigger ones. Well, yeah, yeah, you know more about it than me. Tell me about it, man. No, I mean, yeah, it was, it was just clarifying the name of it, but like, yeah, 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 but no, yeah. But essentially, um, you know, like as Jenna was saying, there's this like, there is sort of a mythos that's been created around like AI, and it's like this thing that's just like overtaking Dude, everyone's it's jobs. It's talked and about fucking incessantly, and like, yeah, it's pretty dog shit. So it's a far. bit well, it's a big deal, <laughs> obviously, but there's a lot of holes, and this was a it, this was an example of this. It was a Verge article that showed that like. Um, these researchers, you know, like a big part of the biggest part of AI, right. Is that it can like identify objects. Right. And it's like, it identifies them really quickly. And so it showed an apple and like a physical apple. And it wrote with a, a post-it note in front of the Apple iPad and the AI just thought it was an iPad. With 99.7% confidence. It was like, that's a fucking iPad if I've ever seen one. Damn it. Literally, I'm looking at this right now. It's like, it's a screenshot and it's a picture of a Granny Smith apple. And it's a green Granny Smith apple sitting on a plank and it says, Granny Smith, 85.6% confidence. And then they just took a piece of paper and taped it onto the apple and they wrote, it's actually iPod. Oh, iPod, my bad. iPod. And they just wrote that in Sharpie on like a rec- the back of a receipt and taped that to the Apple. And, then, <laughs> and the AI, I was like, that's an iPod. That's an iPod. 99.7% sure. Like, bro, I've, if, yo, if, yo, you, you could take, take this to my grave. Um, which is like, uh, I don't know. It seems like maybe a bit of a glaring error, given that words are sometimes written on things that are not actually right. the exact thing that's, that the word describes. Well, I think there's like a couple things, I guess more serious, but also sort of funny underlying points to this is that like in that mythos of AI, one of the things that's just like not talked about is that for most of the AI development up until now, the people like training, like the the ways that the AI is trained is not really the AI doing it. It's like a bunch of people like making like doing captures. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like often the case, right? Yeah. For, for, for machine learning it is right. There's now like, like semi like unsupervised AI is different, but like, yeah, for most of the AI that we talk about now, the way that it's able to identify things is by like dudes on fucking Amazon Turk and like you on your capture tests, like telling it, you know, what a fucking motorcycle or a school bus is. Um, and this just like jokes on them. I've never fucking seen either of those things in my life. (laughs) I can't tell you the difference. But another thing, right on the kind of darker end of it is that like, yeah, this is funny because it misidentifies the apples and iPod, but that same logic that's like kind of flawed. And it's like, you have a powerful AI that's used for like really specific things, but it's not quite there yet. We, it can get really dark. Like we've seen an example of, I think it was, I forget the company that did it a couple of years ago. They made like a chat bot and immediately, like within hours, it was just like spewing. It was the most just being a Nazi. Yeah. Cause shit. everyone was just like saying the N word to it and like yeah. saying Nazi shit. And then it like just started like 
Yeah, like doing Holocaust denial within like four hours right. of being launched. Well, because like you're you're the AIs now are only as good as like I'm not saying anything new here, but it's only good as the data you put in, and like the data it puts in is the internet, and like dude, the internet is a horrible hey, Julia, place. What's up, Greg? <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty bad. It can be bad. I mean, well, here I'm gonna read this thing from this Verge article, which is really funny, talking about the Apple thing. So the guy who was responsible for this AI, which is supposedly like supposed to be able to recognize stuff and then was just fooled by someone writing the name of something else on top of an apple. Um, this is a quote um, from one of the researchers. He said, quote, We refer to these attacks as typographic attacks, writes OpenAI's researchers in a blog post. By exploiting the model's ability to read text robustly, we find that even photographs of handwritten texts can often fool the model. They note that such attacks are similar to, quote, adversarial images that can fool commercial machine vision systems, but far simpler to produce. Um, I just think it's kind of funny that they're like, yeah, this is like a, this is what's known as a typographic, <laughs> linguistic associated tactical uh tactical invasion it's and like, there's bro, it's like, a sticky note it's like, literally it's a post-it <laughs> i mean yeah i don't know i mean it's cool like yeah this work is all i guess ongoing and it's good that it's happening to to a degree i don't know but it is just it's funny that we're still we're still very much in early days i mean <laughs> in terms of like how fallible this stuff is yeah well, um, on that let's, note, do you yeah, want to take a keep... quick break and then we can go to our main yeah. topic? Yes. Cool. All right. We'll be right back. Yeah, so we're back. All right, we're back to check in with something that I'm well here. Okay, so something that sort of uh, you know happened recently. You were uh, you know manning manning the the uh, telegrams at uh, any any major news outlet. You might have learned that uh, you know our new our new president forty six forty six. Um, did you see that his dog is is like rescue a German retriever or is that what they're called? I don't know what dog he has. What are the like police dogs that they used to kill people with? A German Shepherd. German Shepherd, yeah. <laughs> German Retriever. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're for. Well, and and to wit, one of it like it attacked, it fucking mauled someone at the White House, and they had to like remove it. Biden's dog mauled Biden's someone. Biden's dog, major. Yeah. Whoa. First presidential dog were to, they, to draw blood. Were they a non-white person? That I cannot say. <laughs> it's an interesting. It's an interesting POV. Um. But yeah, they had to like take Major, his dog, uh, just take it away, which is so good. Like, I mean, I just have to say like that just like is so for like that's so, you know, I'm doing the Italian chef hands like (laughs) with the Biden administration. It's just like, you know, even the dog is just like isn't sure where it is. And it's just like (laughs) afraid and lashing out. I mean, that just seems really perfect. I mean, given that Biden seems to be, you know, uh, you know. I don't know. At best, you know, uh, holding his own. Unreal. You know what's crazy? But I just realized this. Trump didn't have a dog. I know. He's uh, like, is there was any like, other president that hasn't? Had, I feel like that's a thing. Every president. It has was a, dog. a thing, which honestly, I almost respect that. That he was like, "Fuck that! I don't want a dog." Like, you know, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, we uh, 
you know, I, I felt like that was like a thing with like Elizabeth Warren. She had like her uh, when she was running, oh, like Bailey. Like Bailey she had like that. Bailey. She got that weird. She got that. <laughs> yeah, she they got like a golden retriever that they clearly just bought like for the campaign, and then they've it's probably already been shot and buried now. <laughs> but they had the fucking video I remember watching where like they were like, "It's Bailey's birthday," and like you know what he loves. He loves a burrito and it's their house and they take a burrito, like a Chipotle burrito and they like put it, they just like chuck it on their, on the ground in like their study and it's like a burrito and it just like flops down on their Persian rug and the dog just starts eating it like on the rug. It was one of the most demented things I've ever seen. There's just like golden retrievers just like scarfing this burrito. It's like, you know, beans and rice, and it's just like gr- it's just like slurping it out of the threads of this rug. And I'm like, are you? I mean, the peop- dog probably. Are you real it. people? Yeah, but if you were gonna get even, if you were gonna give Ray a burrito, would you give it to him on the rug? No. You would at least put a plate down. And this is a fucking senator. I'm like, you aren't real people. You guys are all. You guys are. I, I was like, oh, lizard people. Like how ridiculous. And then I watched Elizabeth Warren like give her dog a burrito on the on a ru- on a carpet. I'm like, wow. Didn't it's she uncanny. Also, like, wasn't the Bailey like she yeah, did like, like big, big structural, big structural Bailey, Bailey thing, with like yeah. a giant like balloon, like a like a float. Yeah, there Bailey was like a float. That was confusing. I remember I took like a week off like on the <laughs> on Twitter and shit, and then I saw that and I was just so confused. But nonetheless, yeah, Trump was like, no, I don't have a dog. Fuck you. I mean, which is obviously indicative of the fact that he's just like a like Psychopath. a psycho yeah. and just like a cold hearted like wretched person who has like no appreciation for like anything that's like innately you know any of the innate beauty or like you know serendipitous wonder that is you know the human experience that tempers like all the misery and sadness is just like you know the beautiful uh you know uh, aspects of nature and and loyalty of a pet but in a way it's almost worse that like it's not worse but it is also uniquely funny that like biden's people were like all right we got to get him a dog like let's focus group like three types of ant you know right. like five breeds and then they ended up with a german retreat fuck why do I, I can't say german, german shepherd <laughs> someone i need to find i'm gonna make that breed i'm gonna crossbreed a german shepherd in a lab but yeah apparently it bit an aid and then it had to be like yeah like removed to the farm upstate um but that's just so good for me like that's just so indicative of our sundowning president yeah. Well, um, in any case, I guess that wasn't what we were going to talk about, was yeah, it? Yeah, the yeah the uh, episode is not about the German retriever, but instead major gate. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, COVID stimulus bill or the stimulus bill. It just it, yeah, I think as of now, it's like awaiting. Um, it's it went it was passed the House and the Senate. It's going back to the House and is expected to be signed by Biden in the next. Is it couple going days. back to the House? That's what I thought was why? today because I think it, that's, how, that's how all. <laughs> As my uh, as school of rock, not school of rock. Yeah, what's, what's yeah, the yeah, thing? yeah. With the bill, yeah. They, or, the bill once the bill no, once yeah, the bill goes through the Senate has to go back to the House because they make changes. I thought it Senate. starts at the Senate and then it goes to the House. I thought Does it, starts, it go back to the Senate? It, I thought it starts at the House, then goes to the Senate, and then goes back to the House, and then goes to the Presidents. Office. You're probably right. Um, regardless, it's like waiting one more area of approval, and then it's just Biden's signature, which it seems like it's going to just pass. Um, yeah, which is contingent on Biden being able to sign his own name, which is not at all clear. Yeah, um, putting just like a squiggly, smiley face. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Biden's starting to write about how uh, he was overcharged for Fios last <laughs> month, and he's yeah writing to the president of Biden like, no, sir, sir, sir. This is the this is the stimulus. This is the stimulus. Oh, <laughs> I didn't do the bundle. Listen, fat. Yeah, listen, fat. Come here, Mac. <laughs> In any case, yeah, but okay, let's give the man his due. Uh, uh, so he, they did something. One point um, nine trillion dollars is the price tag right now. One point nine trillion, um, and that includes several things. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is cool. I mean, it's a lot of money. This is like certainly one of the biggest. This I think this, and then there was a stimulus bill back in the beginning of the or like in the spring of last year, right? It was the most, I think. Which was the right. biggest one. Yeah. That was like two point two trillion. This one's one point nine. I mean, together they're like the biggest sort of direct federal stimulus that we've ever uh you know, um had hosed down on us. Right. Um and it includes a few things, so I'll just run through it real yeah, quick. Please. These are dollar amounts that I got from the Financial Times. Um four hundred billion dollars will go to direct checks to people. Um and there was like a thing about Obviously, there was the whole to-do about, oh, which, this is gross to me. And I remember being sort of floored by this, because they were like, $2,000. Like, listen, for the direct checks, yeah. Yeah, $2,000 checks are going to go out. They're going out the window, Mac, immediately. Ah! And then, of course, they were like, oh, no, you, oh, not $2,000, like, $2,000, but, like, in some, you know? Right. Which is so funny. It's like, that's like when you, like, tell your buddy, like, yeah, you're like, Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you just like cover this for me? Like you go to like McDonald's, you're like, Yeah, will you spot me and like I'll get you back? And they're like, Yeah, for sure. And they're like, So about that money, and you're like, Oh, but remember like when we went to like IHOP like three <laughs> weeks ago and like I kinda did I, I did get like you know, like I got your I got your grape. So I was thinking maybe I would just give you like six back. Like I just got instant flashbacks to like all my like stoner friends trying to skeeve <laughs> me on money in high school and probably me doing the same thing. But, like, it was gross because they campaigned on, like, $2,000 checks, not, like, $2,000 of money which, in some. Which also, like, wasn't that the whole thing with, like, because the Trump administration was trying to pass a stimulus, like, at the end of his term. And there was a whole to-do about, like, that was one of the big hang-ups about getting it passed was that there wasn't going to be enough, like, direct check money. And I do believe... It seems a bit cynical, but, It's yeah. very cynical. I do believe, like, Pelo- and Nancy Pelosi was very explicit about being, like basically sandbagging it because they didn't want to let Trump get that like, you know, win before the election, which is just like cynical politicking. I mean, I'm not surprised by it, but yeah, now it's like, you know, $2,000 gets dialed down to 14 to make 2000 with the 600 that had already been sent. And now yet again, he just mean they, they added another restriction that is, you know, I believe if you make more than, um, it was like it, you 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 max out at like a hundred thousand dollars a year or something like that. I mean, I I don't actually have the figure in front of me, but I remember it, it essentially exempted another like seventeen million people from the from the check. So I don't know. I mean, it's classic Democrat stuff, just like winnowing down who's available, who who qualifies, making it complicated, you know. And I guess like that helps our helps the deficit. Which right. no one seems to give a shit about when it comes to the like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, precisely, or certainly the military or anything else that really matters. 
So I don't know. That's so sort of so that's that's one. So that's the direct checks. Yeah, Do you want to go through some of the other? Because there's a lot yeah, of it's, yeah, yeah. it's well, like we a don't huge have to, like, bill. Right? We don't have to dwell on too much and drown in the details. But it's true. Yeah, there's a lot of shit. Uh, so I'll, I'll run down. 350 billion to state and local governments which will help them like do vaccine stuff and like reopen which i guess maybe uh, uh, can encompass like small business aid and stuff Mm -hmm. but just general reopening um you know so they can do like i don't know like a parade with like various floats of like people right like doing backflips and from what i understand on that (laughs) though because like that was a big like that giving states money was a big point of contention during the Trump presidency too, which is that like, from what I understand, like, yeah, this, the states get the money, but they're free to do with it as they please. I right? would expect um, so. I mean, you hope it goes towards like COVID related stuff, but it's like, and that was like the big thing with like conservatives where they're saying that like, why are we going to be using federal money to essentially have like democratic places like pay off like whatever debts they owe or whatever you know <laughs> yeah, pay off their 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 escort bills <laughs> right yeah that's going all of that all 350 billion dollars is going to pay off elliot spitzer's uh, escort <laughs> debts um unfortunately that's just the way it has to be folks i mean yeah whatever i mean a lot of these states are fucked though like they've been had like been trying to pay out state unemployment where they've had like rolling unemployment that's been like nothing since was seen. I mean, it's been like dramatically greater than the, than the recession in 2008. Like, so a lot of these states are like pretty, you know, hard up. And I guess there's a lot of like aid that's distributed to people at the state levels. So I think federal money is much needed. Um, also federal money is needed for like in New York. I know like a lot of like saving the MTA subway from just total collapse is going to require federal money. So, I mean, I think this will probably trickle down to, you know, things that are just, like, basic housekeeping to keep, like, you know, the semblance of a functional state alive right. in most much of this country, which is, like, already pretty threadbare to begin with. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, what else? What else? We got $200 billion to unemployment support. So, I think that goes to extend unemployment for people who have been um, – unemployed for longer than a year and also get like the extra federal subsidy Uh um i mean like i was on unemployment for pretty much all of last year and you know i got part from the from new york state and then i got like an extra extra bit of cream from the federal government so i think that that's going to continue to uh to uh bolster that which i i'm sure is like incredibly crucial to a lot of people um there's also the child tax credit expansion, which is $110 billion. And me and Mac were just talking about this because, honestly, I think it's a testament to how fucking insane and stupid. I mean, not to say insane, but ineffective the, the notion of tax credits are because, like, me and Mac were both trying to figure out exactly how they work before we started recording. Right. And it, it's a little, it's a, I mean, like, it's not, it's not exactly, you know um the necronomicon or anything but like <laughs> or the cryptonomicon but like you can't figure it out but it is confusing like how does this money work like you file your taxes and once you get your taxes filed if you owe a federal if you owe an x amount of federal income back then that amount is reimbursed to you and paid back to you in like in your tax return i mean and you have to qualify for it you have to explicitly state i think in several cases right. in a lot of cases you have to state that you're like attempting to qualify for it it's just like a lot of hurdles and I think it seems sort of designed in such a way as to make it intentionally difficult. So a lot of people 
a lot of people don't have access to like fucking H and R Block. Just right. don't even go for it, and right. then that's money saved. You know, it's yeah. just like as opposed to a federal. I mean, like the 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 checks are the perfect thing. It's just like it right. shows up in your bank account. Like if you wanted to give people money, that's the way you would right. do it. If, so, and the reason you wouldn't do it that way is because you want a lot of people not to get it. Right. Like uh, it makes no. Why yeah. Why not? So like anyone, including well, myself, that's like done taxes is like kind of test that where it's like it's such a just gruesome process every time do i do it. my taxes like i feel like i'm seeing black helicopters <laughs> chasing me every time i'm outside because i've how fucked up i know my taxes are right. and i'm actually trying i'm doing my best but with the child tax credit as i understand it and like you know a lot of this depends on how it plays out but like from multiple places i've had describe it essentially in practice what it's going to mean for a lot of families is that like starting in a couple weeks or a couple months if you have a child you're eligible for a three hundred dollar rather than rather than get the tax credit at the end of the year which would be two thousand over two thousand dollars you can start getting monthly incremental payments of three hundred dollars per child um is the way i understand that it works cap the two thousand dollars that's a good question i think it's twenty five hundred but i think yeah it depends monthly or total? No, no no for the for the tap that's the that's the credit for the end of the year, but you get that distributed throughout the year. So twenty five hundred dollars distributed throughout the year. I mean, we shouldn't talk too much about this because I don't think either of us have a clear grasp on it. But right. granted, like twenty five hundred dollars over the course of a year, that's fucking. I think nothing, I think that's dude. like per child. So it's like it adds up if you have more children. But regardless, it's it all like, seems very stingy. I mean, just to zoom out, because like, yeah, I'll acknowledge like I. I this stuff is a little too Byzantine for me and I've never been a numbers guy, but you know, I feel like the membrane has been broken in a way. Like the seal is broken. Like they sent us money. Like people got checks in the mail and like that worked. Like, and we're going to talk about this a bit later. Like as, as a sort of UBI basic, uh, like UBI as a universal basic income as a format has been proven effective. Like just putting cash in people's hands saves them from so much privation right. and like the, all the pathologies that come with being poor and being hard up. It really does mitigate a lot of that in advance. And that's why I'm just like, why do you have to do it through these arcane programs, like tax credits that like, Oh, it's you get it at the end of the year. But if you, if you opt in, you can get it in advance. And like, I'm not saying that it, it it's impossible and I'm sure it will help some people, but it's like, it's already been shown that like you can send money to people. You can just right. put money in people's hands. Why wouldn't you do that unless you wanted it not you wanted it to be difficult? Right. I mean, that's how it seems to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not like it's definitely not perfect, but I think like the reason why I was focusing out on it is because in a more general sense, like we've always had like certain welfare programs for people with children, but what's different with this as I understand it and like other provisions of like just the COVID stimulus in the last year is that there's no restrictions on like how you spend the money, which is like a pretty fundamentally different ethos in the way that the U S has like sort of dealt with welfare in the past where it's like you had to spend it on certain things. Well, that but, depends. Like, there's a lot I mean, more that's research. like snap and EBT is like, but a lot of like, you know, used to, I mean, that was a thing like before the Reagan era, people go welfare checks that were just like direct payments. It was just cash. You could do whatever you wanted with it. That was sort of like more UBI ask i mean and and well yeah not to cut you off because i think you're about to say that like that does end up helping people i mean shockingly people like know how to spend money to have best benefit them and their families yeah right so, or what were you gonna say no i was gonna say that's true i mean there's been like growing research about um 
UBI in general, but also like just direct payments and how they work. And the consensus for a long time was that like if you gave people the money that like they would spend it unwisely. But now that it's been actually tested, there's like growing evidence that when people do have the money, they, they use it for the right things. Um, it's not perfect. Like you're always going to have, like you're always going to have an element of like people blowing it on whatever, but I think in whatever the, in the aggregate, people blow like, money on, on shit. Like we all do. Yeah. I think it's a good segue though. To talk about one, yeah. one thing we wanted to bring up. So we're talking about like UBI universal basic income in the context of like, um, you know, is this COVID the direct checks? Is it like maybe a sign that, this is something that will happen in the future more often in the U.S. And we have some evidence that things are changing a little bit because Stockton, I think, is the name of the city. Yeah, Stockton, it's in California. Stockton, California. This was in 2018. They um, started like a trial run of UBI where there was, I think, 500 of the lowest um, – or it was more than it was several it thousand. Was more, yeah. It was like it was like fifteen thousand. Five hundred dollars a month. Right. So fifteen thousand of like of randomly selected people from neighborhoods making less than forty six thousand dollars a year median. They it was a trial where the government gave them five hundred dollars a month, no strings attached. Like you just got to do whatever you wanted with it. And they had it sort of like it was a test phase where people would like check in on them and see how they were doing to see like does this work or not. And the results from this, um, and Jonah, correct me if I misstate anything from the doc, but basically, overall, they found that people started paying back like their credit card bills more. A lot of there was like an increase in the amount of people that like found jobs and employment. Um, they measured the way um, like psychological problems and just like well being, and that improved as well. And it was all like tied to like having this extra cushion from that five hundred dollars a month. Which is interesting because, like, you know, there's other, like, several other countries, many countries have, like, tried this. I think Portugal does this as well. Um, and even, I think, Alaska is the state that actually Alaska has Alaska has a sovereign wealth fund, which right. is also very cool. I mean, this is something a lot of Scandinavian companies do where they just essentially take money through taxes, mostly taxes on, like, heavy industry. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, the, the weird thing about Scandinavia, and this is where, like, you it's know... It's oil industry, right? Yeah, like, I mean, that's the thing, like, Norway and a lot of... I mean, granted... The I UAE think they, has it, right? I don't know if they... They do have a sovereign wealth fund. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that at all. Um, but I know that, yeah, in Scandinavia, they have a lot of heavy industry, and a lot of their money comes from oil, which is fucked up. I mean, it's not sustainable, really. That's why, like, you know, I like pointing to the, to the Scandinavian countries to say, like, why can't we have social wealth or, like, a welfare state? And I think it's a good example, but also like a lot of the welfare state of places like Norway and Sweden do come off the back of fossil fuel extraction and also just like displaced consume, you know, displaced, uh, um, you know, all the shitty jobs that people used to do for no money. Now they just do them overseas and they've been right. like in Southeast Asia and we benefit from them. Nonetheless, nonetheless, um, you know, they, they have an X amount of money that it gets just invested, like as you would if you were a rich person, you invest with a hedge fund or, or really like an index fund. Right. Um, and then it just gets put into stock and, you know, you can't sell your share as an individual citizen, but every citizen is like gets a dividend. Like right. they get a payment, they get some cream skimmed off the top of their, they have a little stake in this like large portfolio, like in the same way that 
if you're like a public, if you're a teacher and you have like your, your 401k is being invested with like a, a um, you know, an investment fund. Uh, it's the same thing for, um, for, uh, you know, the, every resident of the country and Alaska right. weirdly has the same thing. Right. Um, this is sort of tangential, but yeah, but yeah go we ahead. just bring it up in the sense that like, there's other examples of this, but it, it here, it was like, it's specifically different because in California, in Stockton, it, it's not a sovereign wealth fund. This is like a trial phase of like just give. It is it is truly like the cut and dry like what UBI would sort of look like. And granted, on with five hundred dollars, which is like a lot less than like what even like more conservative people have like suggested for UBI. And the results are like it's a it's a limited study, obviously, and it didn't include the dates after COVID, but like. It, it was all very positive. And I think that um, there for a long time, there was a question of like of UBI being this like very like hypothetical thing. But now there's actually like use this research and like evidence about how it would work. And we also have evidence in the sense that was like not planned, but brought on us by COVID where you did have a, a makeshift UBI through the direct payments. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, this will open it up for like discussion, but it's like, it's interesting. Like, what does this mean looking forward? Are, are Americans getting an appetite for this? Like, is this something that we could see more? Like how is, what yeah. Do so here's the thing. And to read from that article that you, that you mentioned the NPR article, it said among the, I'll, I'll read a quote now among the, Key findings outlined in a 25-page white paper are the unconditional cash reduced the month-to-month income fluctuation that households faced, increased recipients' full-time employment by 12 percentage points, and decreased their measurable feelings of anxiety and depression compared with the control group counterparts. counterparts. So basically, people who got the UBI, they worked more. They had like more secure long-term um, work. They were less depressed and fucked up and anxious. Um, and like they just said, we're had more stable households. Right. And another thing it goes on to say is that like when people need are, are, you know, are precarious, they rely on other people in their, in their networks for money or for support. And then that puts a burden on other people. It's like a, you know, um, and so it has a sort of ripple out effect. Like if, right. if your neighbor or your sister-in-law doesn't need to borrow money from you, then like that's money that you can use to fucking I don't know buy a car do whatever like right. um it's just and it, and and it goes to show like how much like in some of my work like I work with people who are super poor and they're like or or just like up against the wall in a way and they need and they don't even have like a couple hundred bucks to like right. squash something um and this and that can be life changing you know like right. having like an extra couple hundred bucks to just pay a bill or sort something out for the month or like pay your rent. Um, it can be really huge. So, I mean, it's not surprising to me at all that this, that this, um, you know, UBI trial was smashingly successful. And I think in other countries, it's all, it's like been unanimously the case that like when UBI's tried it, it really works. Well, it's not, um, u- yeah, I would just, this is not UBI, not un- right? This is BI. Unanimous. Yeah. It's not, it's not unanimous. Either. This is, like there's a lot of countries that have failed with it. Um, is that I, this well, is in that Vox article I sent? Like you know, there's there. I don't read Vox articles. <laughs> it's it's definitely it requires. It's not like it has to be done correctly, right? Like any policy, it requires. I, but I, I, as far as I understand, like this is very simple. Like they literally took rent. I believe it was actually 125 people for what it's worth. Okay. But they just gave them 500 dollars a month. Like yeah. that's it. Like how how do you fuck that up? 
Well, I think you fuck it up in terms of like how you distribute it to people. It was random. Um, you just no, give them a lump sum. I know, but in places where it hasn't worked, like the distribution, like here they gave people a prepaid debit card. But if you're scaling that out to like, like what works with the COVID, like the COVID relief worked pretty well is because it went to people's bank accounts directly. But like, for example, yeah, a lot of Americans don't have bank accounts. Giving accounts, people right? bills. They, yeah, I mean, like that's true. Of, there's a lot of like sort of specifics that have to be hashed out. Before I forget it, the one the one thing like you mentioned, and I'm glad you brought it up, like the biggest like one of the biggest talking points against like UBI, is that like the, it's this idea that like oh it will disincentivize people to work, but this is this bullshit, this data I mean. like specifically in this case showed that it did the opposite right it actually gave people the ability to find work. Yeah, and look like I've been unemployed myself, and like to get to get the personal cast the personal flavor of this like. Dude, it's it's ruinous for your mental health to just be like lounging around, and I think like we've all been col- all of our a lot of people's minds have been colonized by this notion of like, yeah, fucking lazy people who are like getting lobster on their snap on their EBT cards and shit, and like, a like, if you have a family, like, good luck doing like, getting by on government benefits. I mean, like, right. even as an individual, it's barely enough to live on, which we know fine. But, I mean, I wouldn't say that that's fine, but it, it happens to be the case. And it's just un, undeniably the case that people, like, want a purpose to live. Like, people are eager to work. People are eager to have something to do if it's not completely degrading to their humanity. Right. And this notion that, like, people, because they get 500 bucks a month, are going to be, like, disincentivized to have a job and just, like, lay around. I mean... If that were the case, that's much more of a condemnation of like the, the fucking state of our economy and the state of our job market than right. it is any individual person. I mean, you know, it's just like it's been it's it's ingrained yeah. in everyone to want to do something to benefit, you know, themselves and the people they live around in the yeah. community. So, I mean, it's just it's totally ass backwards phil- and it's not borne out by the data like right. you were saying. I mean, yeah, like- philosophically, like outside the data. Right. If you think about it as a general concept, I mean, I for what it's worth. Like, I'm not in the mindset that, like, incentives just aren't a thing and don't exist. Like, there are things that, like, need to be done to, like, sure, make sure, sure that people, like, want to work. And there's, like, wait, lots of different ways to do it. But I think with, like, if you talk about UBI, one of the appealing things for me, right, is me personally saying it, is that, like, you can have, like, a, a lump sum that's not a lot. It's still, if you have, if the floor, like the worst case scenario is not that you're homeless, yes. there's still a lot of variation between like yeah. w- being in a really shitty job and having a bad life and then having like the motivation to want to make more money or do People whatever. People aren't trying to live at right? the bottom it's just, of the it's barrel, just removing, yeah. It's just removing what that bottom Yeah, ruination, is. yeah, literally. And if, and if you know, it, it is, to, you know, not, it's, this is something that you've talked about, but it's like why in like the United States, right? Why is it still the bottom floor? Is it still possible that you, like to something go wrong and you can be on the street? Right. That's. It seems like it's outdated. That that's like that's a possibility. It's right? perverted, and and you're right. But it's so not outdated. I mean, it's like number of homeless people in this country is about. Pro- I, I, I'm just firing off the cuff here, but I would assume it's about as high as it's been since the fucking 1930s. Like, I know there's like upwards of 70,000 homeless people in New York City alone. Yeah, certainly cities are having a really rough go of it. It's a really big problem, and I think, like, I mean, I I would like to, uh, you know, to deploy some bullshit academic language. I would like to complicate the notion of the UBI a little bit, a little bit later on. Complicate it. But I do think it's the bare minimum 
you know, that we could do just to make sure like that. Yeah. The worst case happens. You're not literally going to be living on the street. I mean, right. That should be like the minimum that you guarantee to people in the, in the, in the as in the society as advanced as our own. Um, and to what, yeah, I mean, to what you're saying about like before about like how we just don't care about the deficit anymore. It's like, I, 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 I'm sympathetic to some of that argument, but at the same time, it's like, if you look in total of like the things that we spend money on as a country, it's like, what is 500 to a thousand dollars? It's been like $3 trillion on a fucking F 35 yeah, plane that doesn't there, even fly. Not, so like, don't give can, me a break. You can, yeah, you can like the money quote, can be balance found. the budget or like the, the direct payments to individuals is nowhere it would be a lot but it's nowhere near like nothing the dude it's that, nothing like, we spend on other shit and like something that sanders says all the time with things like this is that like you're paying that check as a country one way or the other if you have people that are right. homeless and like can't afford to like go to the hospital you're still paying down the road like some sort of putting know, money in people's there. hands to put into the economy to buy stuff that's then taxed you know that's good that's right. like positive expenditure as opposed to just like meeting people at the end of the road once they've already been ruined you know and you're just like propping them up to keep them out of like you know a coffin or like uh, absolute absolute destitution is way less effective expenditure of money i mean and i I, and, and that's true i mean those cases are correct to make but I almost like don't even like going there because I'm like, right. dude, this shit shouldn't be a fucking min max thing. Like, right. it's it's basic and it's moral for me. Like, how are you gonna have like people like living in their cars like on mass and and stuff like that when when we have like the it doesn't have to be that way at all. Right. It's an interesting um, question though because like at least with the COVID stimulus checks, right? This is something that I found like it seemed like people were kind of talking over each other about this in some degrees because for example like there was a lot of data that like not a lot of like a lot of people were saving the money they got which was like interpreted as a good thing or a bad thing and like people were like ridiculing people who went and bought an xbox with their stimulus or something like that, I mean, that but the point, point like the a point stimulus like a stimulus yeah. is like meant to be spent right it's like yeah. inflate it's like putting money in to spend on the indeed precisely the that yeah right. i mean because we like i said like we have a consumer economy i mean the united states economy relies on us being the consumer of last resort for the entire like global supply chain i mean shit is made elsewhere and we buy it. I mean, right. over to oversimplify, but that's that's the way things work. And if we aren't buying stuff, I mean, this is why the whole like, thing falls apart. The whole right? thing if falls apart. If we can't buy shit. Exactly. Like, we, we put ourselves into this position where, like it or not, we we need to buy shit. You know. Yeah, like, and I don't even think it needs to be fr- framed in such a way as like, oh, we're trapped here. I mean, it's just like the way things are working, and it's like it's not necessarily a bad thing if you accept the logic of like, you know, the the you know the market that we that we that we live under or like a market economy but i do think it's like you know to circle back to something we were talking about like last episode of the episode before this is why this notion of like china being our great rival is so fucking dumb because we are like two drunk guys leaning on each other and without the other one we'd fall over like Mm. china pumps out cheap consumer goods and we buy them Right and like without one or the other, the another one, we would have no purpose. We would have, we wouldn't be able to exist. Like, we make our whole economy is based on us like getting money from service jobs and from, you know, uh, you know the 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 things that we do produce like entertainment and buying consumer goods that are the product of China. 
Um, I mean that, which is like, you know, it's a separate issue, but I, I, it it plays in exactly what you're talking about. where like putting money in people's hands is like in the direct interest of every one, every person in our sort of financial ecosystem. Like a lot of the, like the rich come like the, well, you know, the company, the blue chip stocks in this, in, 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 in our, you know, in our economy don't do well if people don't have money to spend on stuff, you know? And that's why to get into the question you were saying, like, I do honestly think like, well, what's going to happen? Like, right. what's the prediction? Yeah. Cause like the seal has been broken on, um, sending, getting a check in, in your, like getting a DD, a direct, getting a direct deposit from the government. I mean, I think a lot of people aren't going to forget like how that felt, you know what I mean? Right. And I honestly don't think that like, once we sort of right the ship from the, from the pandemic, that it's going to be smooth sailing from here on out. Like, you know, right. I think, there's going to be a lot of tumultuous economic times ahead um if the pat if the recent past is any indication and i think like just like putting money in people's hands is going to be something that people aren't going to forget and i think it's going to be like a fungible solution for um you know the powers that be because it doesn't represent any any like type of durable um like the creation of any durable like social benefit or something that is like institutionalized you know right. cash in hand is just like a one and done it's quick it's easy it's light footprint does well, that, that make sense yeah you it know does what I, mean? I mean like the example used a lot right is for example after social security became a thing republicans back in the 30s right in the 40s were just saying they wanted to repeal it. they wanted to repeal it but once it became something that Americans were used to, it became something that was politically impossible to yeah, take away from people. Get rid of it, yeah. And I don't, we're not there yet with the UBI because if we've had three, what, three payments in in a year, but maybe we're heading there, right? Uh, well, but more more to the point, I think it's something that it's like it's made clear, like mm-hmm. this is a one time thing. You know what I mean? That's why it's attractive because it's just like this is a special circumstance. Here is your check, as opposed to like here's a system that's going to exist for, you know, presumably in perpetuity to provide you a service. I mean, that's way harder to give and take away, but like the whole, that's why I think like, you know, the people who are resistant to social democracy, the people who hate Medicare for all and other such programs that are in that vein are, are okay. They'll strike the bargain on these types of checks because there's no precedent being set. I mean, there is, but the precedent is just like a one and done payout. It's right. not like here's a system, here's a whole new, uh, you know, organ of government that's going to provide for you in perpetuity. And that's why it's like way cheaper for them because you know, if we if they just have to give out a lump sum every now and again to like right. calm the rest of population, that's way cheaper for them than you know you know providing people like something that would be more effective in actually like stemming poverty or right so you know what i mean if i'm hearing you correctly right i mean like in your ideal situation you'd rather have something that was more whole wholesale and absolutely like, but i guess my question for you though is that like is ubi just too far off or is it something that's like a good transitionary or compromise type of idea like how do you it's feel impossible it? to say who fucking knows i mean my can major concern with ubi and this goes into something we we're gonna talk about is like if like a real UBI, I mean, we've been like sort of throwing around UBI, universal basic income. I mean, we it's sort of been used interchangeably with like, here's one check. Right. Good luck. I mean, universal basic income, as far as I understand it, is like 
here's money you get every month. Right, it'd be a consistent forever. Right. In, I mean, universal, you know, basic income. That's one thing. I think you know, like we were just talking about the stats from Stockton, it shows that it really helps people a lot. But I, as I understand it, that's also cash on top of the existing social safety net that we have in this country, which is already pretty threadbare. Right. But like, this is already people who have access to Medicare, who have access to Medi-Cal, who, if they're in California, right. you know, they have access to, you know, social security, if they're retired, like there, there's like all of the Medicaid, you know, if they're, if they may are low income, like there are all these ex- existing programs. Whereas I think there's a huge thing and there's a huge, like, bait and switch that's sort of been proffered which is like we'll just give you this this nice fat check of a thousand bucks say a month right and everything else goes away or like over time or immediately they'll just like wean you off all your other benefits and like that i think i like a lot of people and economists who are you know um in favor of the welfare state and are you know laud its accomplishments in places like western europe and to the limited degree that it's been employed here they say, and I think correctly, that the UBI is like a very, like we were talking about last week, like it's like a gigified version. It's like a lightweight, light footprint version of benefits, you know what I mean? Right. That are more structural. They're harder to wriggle out of. But it's just like giving people cash, subject to inflation, it's subject to being eaten up by landlords and stuff like that. I mean... There are ways yeah. to circumvent that for I think sure. The appeal is the simplicity, right? Yeah, like and the- I and I love the simplicity. I really do. Yeah, like that's the coolest thing to me about it. But it cannot come at the expense of like pre-existing right. safety nets, you know, cuz so, then it's just it's, you know, it's it's pulling the football away. So this will feed into the next thing we're saying, but on that topic, right? Part of the reason why UBI has become something that's in the common lexicon now, a big part of it, right, was like one of the presidential candidates in 2016, um Andrew Yang. He, that was like his whole like running Andrew platform, yeah. and and I think you know he did a lot to like make that a common household topic. But one of the things he got a lot of flack for that he said like openly was that yeah like having pretty substantial cash payments would the idea is that eventually would you wouldn't replace, need a welfare state yeah. and right and that goes you know so the I, many people I, on the left I, have like I'm a lot of problems with I, that. I don't like that idea um, necessarily. And I think like you know we we'll see what happens with that, but since we're talking about Andrew Yang. Yeah, let's talk about um, what's 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 on the horizon for our boy. From the Yang gang. For the Yang gang. So yeah. he's um running for mayor in our in our city. Well, it's not my city, I'll be yeah, honest. It's but your it's city. where I live right now. It's our <laughs> city. No, yeah. Yeah, Andrew Yang's running for mayor of New York City. It's a crowded field. There's like eight to twelve candidates right now, I believe. Right. And he he's has the front runner. He's the front runner. I mean Granted, I don't. I do think that that's like a pretty fungible thing, but it's sure. it's not to be it's not to be you know sneezed at. I mean, he also has like the largest, the most name recognition by, by like far. a long, yeah, long shot. Like, yeah, at, like like 80%. do you guys know? Like, do any of y'all know who like the Scott the, the, Stringer or, like, is the, or the, 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 the borough Eric of, Adams of Brooklyn? You know, yeah. no. <laughs> I mean, granted, in New York, a lot of people do, and like mm-hmm. you know, Eric Adams, I think, who was the president of Brooklyn and a former cop. And a black dude um, is like the next best, the next highest, uh, you know, rated uh, candidate. Um, and, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's it's New York City mayor, so everything's fairly progressive. I mean, I gave a little money um, this week to uh, um, Diane Morales, who uh, 
She has the same first name as my mom, so that's why I did it. Nice. No, but she's also <laughs> cool. She's like a she's like a public school teacher, and like she's super progressive and stuff. And I I don't know how good of a shot she has, but like there is a wide field of candidates. But it does look like right now, like the election route today, like Yang would pull it out. Yeah, it's interesting um, though because like you sent over some stuff where it's like he's the front runner. But he's like, and it's still early, obviously, but he's had a bit of a rough go of it yeah, so far. he's eating shit. I mean, it's like, he's like, oh, let's get out. Let's like barnstorm. A, he got fucking COVID immediately, yeah. like an asshole. Because um, he was just like charging into every 7-Eleven, like on <laughs> fucking Lexington Avenue. And being like, I love bodegas. Like, I love the bodanga. Ah. And I was like, oh, okay, dude. Um, just like trying to shore up his NYC cred, like in a very sweaty way, you know, right. where it's just like, dude, like, I think he should have just owned like, yeah, I live here kind of, but like, I'm not a New Yorker. Instead, he's been like, Oh, bagels. Like, yeah. Like high-fiving random guys on the street. And yeah. like, dude, that's like the least New York thing you could do. It's just like accosting people on the street to like be over, overly friendly to yeah, them. I wonder, I mean, the way I read that, right. Is that like, um, yeah, he's obviously trying to win mayor of New York, but at the same time, like, he is just such a national figure that I've, I wonder how much of this is playing to, like, you know, CNN and shit more than it is to, like, the the person on the street in New York. I you don't know. know. I, mean? I mean, like, trying to create this image of, like, Andrew Yang, like, the New York dude now. You know? Well, yeah, like, I think he's trying to do that. But I think he that's just how he thinks, like, because he's a Silicon Valley dude. And he's, like, certainly not. I mean, like, dude, he, he may likes be... to iterate. He's iterating on his um, know, identity. He's so as a New Silicon Valley. I mean, he'd be, like, if he wins, which he very well might, like, he'd be the least fucking New York mayor ever. And, like, who knows? Like, maybe that's yeah. fine. But, like... Like, who's the most New York mayor? Like, Rudy Giuliani. And, like, he fucking yeah, sucks true. ass. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I mean, but, yeah, he was, the, he was America's mayor. Yeah. Damn it. You just had need another nine eleven to happen. On, Do you remember those? Like this watch? is when we were kids, but I heard it recently. He had like a campaign ad after nine eleven, where it was just like he was talking about like being tough and like having security and stuff. And there was just like this Arab music playing in the background, like the the wheezing yeah. sound. It was just like so gross. It was but, super like, racist. Yeah, I mean. Look at him now. <laughs> but I feel like, I mean, we'll see what happens to Yang, but I do think that, like, the New York mayor, it's, like, such a unique thing, right? It's, well, like, did it's you know so... no New York mayor has ever gone on to hold higher office? But they always try. This is they the thing. always try and the they last, always fail. The last three Never, New York mayors though. have all run for office, like, have all run for president. Like, de Blasio, Lowell, like, did that, like, last year. Yeah. And, I like, think he correctly ascertained, though, that, like, running and failing it can't hurt you. Well, true. In this day and age. But, but I think, yeah. but the, the point is, is just that, like, it is, like, being the mayor of New York is, like, such a, is such a high profile, like, you're in the media so often, you're, like, a national figure by merit of it, um, because New York has, like, such a, New York City has just, like, such a large sway over, like, the whole country, and, like, it has, like, a, this is me editorializing, but I feel like it has, like, a corrupting effect, because it's, like, so like de blasio was like seemed like a decent guy when he first ran and just like by the end he's like one of the like he's despicable he's despised like <laughs> well, this is the thing though and yeah it's true giuliani it made him cr- like it look what he's be- like he not that he was great before but no, he's but like he was like one of the most popular now. figures in <laughs> like, america i mean people loved him and now he's just like a he's trying not to go to jail for like yeah. fucking you know creepy just homunculus like, yeah i mean it's true though like no and i just <laughs> No person who's been New York mayor in, in history has ever even become a governor. Really? 
Yeah, it's like it's the graveyard of political ambitions. And weirdly enough, because you think it'd be like a, st- a clear stepping stone right. to something higher. But I think the way, the reason why is that like New York sort of is just like, I don't know, it's it's captive to a lot of really powerful interests like mm-hmm. developers and finance and stuff. So I think like the mayor, despite having like a ton of um, executive wherewithal on in theory is like actually pretty hamstrung. Like they're a pretty tied up figure. Like there's only so much you can do as mayor with the governor too. I mean, that was something well, the governor Blasio, has more right? power, like... but, the, but I think the mayor of New York, like seems like they should be able to do so much, but there's actually almost nothing they can do to like right. fundamentally change things because like New York is so stitched up by like certain, like the interests of real estate and finance basically. So like, because that's the fucking engine of our of the whole economy, and like how what do you, what can you really do to change it? And then you you're so you're essentially you're just like a voodoo doll for like the entire city to just like poke pins in you, you know, mm-hmm. and to just get like you know you're just there to get shit on. Right. And I think like the whole position is like for everyone to just like elect you and then just shit on you and hate you, right. and it just destroys your image. I mean, other than Giuliani who had nine eleven happen. And he, like, went down to fucking ground zero and, like, you know, shoveled some asbestos <laughs> into a pickup. Like, everyone else is just taking a nosedive. Yeah. I mean, Bloomberg, Bloomberg's done pretty well for what it's worth. I mean, like, he this hasn't, is true, he hasn't, but, he hasn't I mean, continued with politics, necessarily. But how much is that? Wrong. how much of that is on the back of his infinite money? Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, yeah, um, I think he's bought yeah. any much of whatever positive press or... Uh, auspicious, you know, things that have happened to him. I mean, he's just like a very high. Like, I guess the point is that like he's sort of detached himself. Like his what he's successful at with his, like you know like his finance shit and like Bloomberg News and shit is like no longer really about him being in politics. Right? But he tried like, to run. He, but he, he also he tried to run point. and he ate a huge plate of shit. Right? Because like, he's when, like a little screeching, screeching goblin man who no one likes. <laughs> yeah. Like when he tried to go back into politics, it failed. But so part of the reason why we bring yang up though right is because we're talking about ubi and like so far like he has said and the details are like still sketchy because like he's it's early but he is running on a platform of limited ubi for for which is a bit of a contradiction in terms i I did just want to point out because the u and ubi does stand for universal (laughs) but oxymoron yeah but it's true um i think he ran for what what was it um it was for the lowest income five hundred thousand. New Yorkers. Right, I think that's correct. No, I I have it right here. So, I mean, he's been, yeah, so he's been campaigning pretty vigorously um, since he first unveiled his campaign, I think, like, in the end of last year. But, and, like, his whole thing for... Sorry. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, cool. What's up, Bay? His whole thing for president was obviously the $1,000 UBI, which I think, you know, ensorcelled a lot of people. Um, But this is now quoting from The Guardian. Though he has not yet publicly outlined what the program would look like, sources have said the plan could entail 500,000 of the city's residents receiving between two and $5,000 and will cost next estimated $1 billion a year according to Gothamist. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty fucking sketchy. I mean, or rather like, you know, it's, it's all, it's all quite a, you know, contingent at this point. Right. So it could entail, you know, I guess 
one sixteenth of the population of the city receiving between two and five thousand dollars a year. That's a lot of money. Well, uh, so per year, I didn't realize per year. I'm but... assuming two and five. It says it just receives receiving between two and five thousand dollars. I'm assuming that's not a month. That would be a lot of money, right? For two thousand dollars a month, that yeah, would be twenty four thousand dollars per person per year. It would cost way more than the billion that right. they just cited. So you know, it's a relatively small amount of money for a relatively small amount of people, and all of it's tentative. I mean. Yeah, I'm not fucking bullish on um, on uh, on Yang. Not necessarily on his choices. I mean, or on his chances. I think he may well win, but um, you know, I don't think like he's gonna fucking challenge any of the vested interests that would be, right. you know, that have put us in the situation we are in the city, which is like not a terrible one, but it's certainly not one of like flowering economic justice. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I guess what what it's worth. I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, I would be pretty if he does win, pretty sure that some version of like some sort of income Something, but would happen we'll limp across like, the finish line so is like tied to his like, like that's I know, his whole ideology, like, right? Like, I know, but look at Biden, a, dude, look what Biden has like, what's, what's what Biden has farted out for us is like, well, Biden's the opposite though, because he doesn't really have like, like he doesn't really have an ideology. Like he's just like switched. I don't think Yang like, has an ideology. Well, he's a technocrat. He just wants to like fix problems, well, but he except, doesn't care except how. Except for UBI though, because he's specifically like yeah, but UBI could be anything. UBI. UBI could be anything. UBI could be you know a hundred dollars a hundred dollars every six months to the like lowest income ten percent. Right. Yeah, you know it could be anything like conceivably, and I I I think he wants it to be robust. Like from what I can tell, I'm sure. I, he strikes me as somewhat sincere. Um, and I don't think, and like I said, I think it actually, there. it's like, it serves the powers that be to a large degree to have like a semi-robust UBI because, you know, it's it's good to for people to have cash in their hands and, right. you know, it, it, it helps the economy in that way. Um, and it's not really like a tax. It's not something fundamental or something structural that actually like cuts into the profitability of, you know, a lot of, companies and so forth yeah so i wouldn't be surprised if it came if it came to pass but the fact that it's like already such a tepid measure in, in the way that it's being proposed like i don't know it doesn't it doesn't inspire a ton of confidence in me yeah i, I mean we'll see what happens i mean oh, i yeah. for what it's worth like i'm he has said some things a little bit of followed like close to my heart right like one of his big and it's very clear from his like because he's a silicon valley dude but one of the big things clear like that he's campaigning on is is expanding high-speed broadband for poor people which i think is that just was a, a good fucking thing. chuck schumer thing though forever dude like if that does happen that's cool but like i don't know that just strikes me as such a like beside the way like easy you know that doesn't chafe anyone you know that would be good but i don't know i've just always <laughs> been like i don't know i'll believe it when i see it that just seems like the emptiest promise like that's like the thing that you can promise and no one will get mad at right you know what i mean like well, that's the easiest thing to say you're gonna do. That's, I mean, I guess that's where we fundamentally differ, and like any of also, our friends. Also, the internet's bad. It's just that, like, I think we I'm, should take away the you know, internet I'm from everyone, to, including to do a little bit more, like give at least a little bit of clap for. Incremental you're willing to shit. give Andrew Yang the clap. Yeah, is what you said. yeah. On the record, I want to give Andrew Yang the clap. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, come on, come on. The future is that way. Yeah, please for you. listen, Andrew. If you're listening. By all means, come here, <laughs> say something ridiculous. Um, we'll be happy to give you the platform. You won't regret it until you see your doctor. Um, 
No, I, t- I, I get you, man. I mean, like, yeah, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer all the time, but, you know, I haven't had a lot of uh, positive outcomes in, in the stuff that I've paid attention to, to, to sort of, uh, you know, um, enliven me about the prospects of, like, really positive, substantial, and, like, robust counter poverty programs and stuff like that happening but right. you never you never know i mean and like if stuff were to happen that would be cool like i wouldn't be shocked if it happened here first you know new york city baby yeah number one city in the world <laughs> speaking of that um before we go yeah i heard you were um you know with the whole covid new york city thing all, everyone's heard the headlines of people leaving new york and stuff um real estate prices have gone down i heard you're like in the in the market for a, a new cheap studio. Are you still looking into that? Well, baby, uh, you, again, you're putting me on blast. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if, if, if I can afford it, I've been looking for studios and one bedroom. They're cheaper. For sure, they are yeah. a lot cheaper. I still can't really afford it, but I've been looking into it. My apartment situation is a little fakakta right now. Um, <laughs> given my roommates and, uh, you know, all their various commitments. But uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but I would like to stay here for a little bit. Um, but I would like to live by myself. You know, I have a very nice roommate. He's a great dude. My sweet boy, Greg. I think he was actually on, he was on the stream earlier. Shout out to Greg. Yeah, he, he's, a, he, he's a real sweetie pie. Um, but, you know, I like to just sort of walk around naked and like scream and like gibber to myself and like speak in like um, various accents like Hannibal Lecter. Um, that's just like how I feel safe and normal. So it'd be cool to do that without having to bother another person who's trying to live their own life. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, but, uh, no promises yet. Cause I'm still like taking unemployment for like half my week. Right. Um, but we'll see what happens, baby. Um, I mean, you, you're living the dream right here. Yeah, and the uh, in the future is now studio. The future is now bunker. <laughs> Future's yeah. out. Sorry. Yeah. What is it? What is the name of our podcast? <laughs> we don't even know. Yeah, in the bunker. Um. Yeah, I'll probably be here for the foreseeable future, but we'll see. Um, yeah. If if uh, anything should change, you are the dear listener, the dear viewer. You'll be the first to know. You'll be first to get the nuclear codes to access our nuclear bunker, um, where we prognosticate about the future and how it may be always. Yeah. Um, Mac, do you have anything else to say? Or do you want it? Should we wrap up? I think that's a uh, no. I think that was everything we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Let's wrap, baby. Let's wrap it. All right, dude. All right. We'll see you next time. So long. Bye bye.